If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My big drunk mom mess. It's just a big alcohol-fused relationship that doesn't make any... I don't know. There's no... There's no way I can talk about it without talking about alcohol. Welcome to Tell Me About Your Mother. I'm Amy Westervelt. My guest this time is Allison Maloney, the news and politics editor of Teen Vogue. I got the chance to meet and interview Allison, who goes by Allie, in Brooklyn last month. As it happened, we wound up recording on Mother's Day. Allie had a tough relationship with her mom and had been playing Vivaldi's Four Seasons in honor of her that morning and feeling a little melancholy. As for me, I was feeling deeply guilty about not being with my own kids on Mother's Day, although this whole weekend in New York thing had been a Mother's Day gift from my family. If you happen to have young kids, this feeling of being both excited to get a break and guilt-ridden over being away from them is probably familiar. At any rate, it was an emotional day, as you'll hear. I hope you enjoy it. Let's start with childhood. You know, what what was the, the deal then? Um, were your parents married? Was your mom single? Mm-hmm. Like, what was going on when you were a kid? My parents met in the Navy. My mo- yeah, my mom was ranked higher than my dad. Um, she was she, yeah, so she was in charge of um, a team, and they both worked on flight lines. So my dad was an aviation flight technician, and my so my mom was like an E six, so ranked at least three higher than him. Mm-hmm. They met and fell in love in oh, I have no idea where they were, but my sister was born in 1987. Then I came three years later, um, so I was the baby. And by the time that I was born, my mom was so deep into alcoholism that I was an afterthought almost. Like, uh, my dad will be like, he'll say, no, that's not true. My sister will say, no, that's not true. But you can tell because the pictures stop, you know, like my sister is, um, my sister's well documented until she's about five. And then I, you know, there's no me in there. Um, So when I was three, um... My parent, my dad was trying to make it work, and my mom went to rehab a couple of times. And um, my dad was working full days, and then picking up me and my sister from a sitter. And my mom was just at home; she couldn't drive. And yeah, it was a she. My dad said that she would just stay at home and make these elaborate, like five course meals, and would she loved to cook and loved to do all that, but also loved to do it with a full bottle <laughs> full wine. bottle of wine. You know, he said that she would go downstairs and check on the laundry and come back up and couldn't even walk and when he you know he would go down and clean out and look behind stuff and there would be bottles and bottles of stuff so she just committed herself to that after my sister was born and then I came along and then they got divorced when I was three Mm -hmm. and she split and went so we were in New Jersey and she just left and went to California and my dad has told me stories like over the years about what happened, um, very, you know, select here and there, but I know that she 
chose not to be faithful to him and that she her alcoholism drove her to just really like shitty self-doubt if that makes sense like she he said to me over thanksgiving that she was just so scared that um that she was going to screw it up that she just screwed it up anyway and then committed yeah so by the time i was three she was just gone and then after that um it was just me and my dad and my sister and then um he eventually met this woman named Gail, who became my stepmom when I was a toddler. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, my my real mom, whose name is Diana, moved to Florida. Mm-hmm. And she lived in Florida and with a man that I, I think maybe she had cheated on my dad with. I think that she had left, gone to California with him, and then they moved to Florida together. They had another daughter. And so that's my half-sister, Elise. Today she graduated from college. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so she had another baby, and then they got divorced, and she just kept drinking and drinking and drinking. Wow. So the whole time, she's just... Yeah. Yeah. And still, she's... She died in 2013. Oh, wow. Yeah. From... Alcohol-related cancer delivery. It's cold out here, mama. Yes, it's starting to snow. You never really had much of a relationship with her after she left, or did you kind of... Like, these weird emotional phone calls, um, lots of letters. I have her handwriting, which is odd enough. I think if you, (laughs) at a certain point, like, read something enough, maybe it becomes yours. But we would talk, and I remember talking on the phone for hours as a little kid, but, like, soccer games, dance recitals, anything, you know, it would be like, can you come? Or can my, my dad and Gail, my stepmom who divorced when I was 13. So they were married for 10 years in this period of time. Mm -hmm. And Gail was, you know, Gail had a daughter of her own. We all three became this family, but she would talk to my mom about like, you know, you should try and move here and like, we'll go down there and made a huge point of like meetups. But all of the meetups were like in these like roadside hotels like a red roof inn off the highway in Durham and I just like distinctly remember being like this little seven-year-old you know like it's time to go and like meet my mom and like I'm so excited and like no matter what it was always disappointing no matter what it was always like crushing because she's just never like the first time I heard we went over for Thanksgiving and my dad was like okay like I'm trusting you with my with Carly and Allie and we were in Florida, and it was Thanksgiving, and it's the first time I ever heard the F word, was hearing her say, fuck Thanksgiving, all drunk. And that night, my sister locked me in a room because my mom was so drunk and called my dad and said, we had a dog named Thunder. And she asked again and again, how's Thunder? How's Thunder? Because that was our code word if my mom was too drunk. It was like, come get us. So my dad drove. He was at, I think, my uncle's house and drove two hours to come and get us with Gail and pick us up. And I remember police officers waking me up, picking me up off the couch. Like, that's my memory. You know, all of my memories are like, what the fuck? Just one after another. And like, I tried to count when she died. Um, Maybe how many times I saw her between three years old and 2013 when she died. And it was, I mean, probably less than 10. Yeah. Like, graduation, high school graduation, she was there, but I was drunk. And then college graduation, she came. And I was so, you know, I like embodied that behavior from for my whole life because it because <laughs> your mom didn't you know it's like you, my mom didn't want me what it, I was 14 and scared and then my stepmom left and then it was you know it's just like this like total lack of mom like yeah. where are all the women going like why can't 
What's wrong with me that makes them go away? Retrospect, I'm like, oh, it all makes sense, but at the time it was just so devastating that like she wouldn't, yeah, would never come to see me as the lead in the school play or the musicals that I did or, Ooh, right, yeah, that's really heartbreaking, right? So you, um, what's your relationship like with alcohol now? I'm sober for two years in September, yeah, but I was drunk for ten years straight, and um, in that time, like, knew that I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything. I started drinking when I was 14 because my older sister at a party had party when my stepmom and my dad got divorced, my dad was just working, you know, 20 hours a day. And so my sister was in high school and she was having parties and I was exiting middle school. And all of a sudden we have living in rural North Carolina and my, my dad's like, just don't die, you know? So I threw myself into that. When you're in the middle of nowhere too, it's like, what do you do besides get drunk in a field? So when I got accepted to school, I went to Ohio because I was like, I don't know anyone in Ohio. Mm -hmm. I don't know anyone there, but it was the number one party school in the United States. So then for another four years, I spent time just black, you know, just like, and, and like two beer blackouts too. So like not, there's like horrible, just whole full 10 year period of time where I'm like, how many bridges can you possibly burn? And like in that time, like emotionally appealing to my mom in ways that like, I got a DUI when I was 20 and I called her and I didn't call my dad because my dad is, my dad was so judgmental about, um, don't fuck up your life with alcohol. And he had problems with alcohol in the same time, but it was, you know, my mom was the measure. Right. Just don't be your mom. Don't, you know, you saw what happened. You saw how quickly you can age. My dad would always say, don't drink liquor. Don't, you know just don't be the shot person have one glass of wine and a joint and you'll be happy you know just like stick with that but my problem is is that i'm my mother's daughter and i can't have one glass of wine i want the full bottle of wine and then i want to break the bottle you know yeah. like i so when i got the dui she, she was the person i called and she was the one that sent the money to and she was a waitress in a in a restaurant that was attached to a disney hotel so it's like mm. It's not like she had any means, but those were things that she knew. I don't know if she ever got to you. I've tried to Google so many times, like what are, but she's, you know, her obituary wasn't in the paper and she didn't have a police record, I guess, or, yeah. or any credit that I can Google without buying online. I just, you know, I don't think she ever got a DUI, but I think that she knew what it meant to crash your fucking car drunk or to be lost in it. And like that period of time. So we got close when I was in college on, on the phone because her mom was dying and I was getting DUIs and calling her, like one DUI, but still calling her. And that became this like, that fused us together because it happened in the same six month period of time was yeah. my, my maternal grandmother died and um, I got that DUI. So we started talking on the phone all the time. I remember talking about her mom dying. Uh, they were, lived in Bradford, Pennsylvania. Um, They're Italian immigrants. My grandmother's name was Concetta Lama. <laughs> like, like her brothers and sisters were like, like 
Buzzy the guy, Loretta, you know, like I, I've, I've done, I know that they're from this one part of PA, so I've been able to look through old newspapers and journalism helps me there because I'm like, oh, I can go through microfilm all day until I find one name. Yeah. So I know I have an Uncle Angelo and I know that my grandmother was Conchetta and then my mom was Diana, but she was a product of like her parents weren't together. Like my grandmother, I don't know if it was rape or if it was a one night stand, but it was a birth that had a father's name, but that no one ever knew a man named Edward. And he died building a bridge somewhere in New York. So it's like her, I knew that her mom wasn't emotionally there. And I knew that she was raised by her cousins and they moved to Buffalo, New York. And my dad says, everyone was taking reds and blues. And I was like, I don't know what that means. So I Googled reds and blues. And it's like, you know, it's like um, speed and the, and the opposite. So when she was 14, she was getting fucked up on speed and then the downers because that's what everyone was doing in the yeah. early 70s. And she, so she had an emotionally detached mom, no dad, and cousins who fed her uppers and downers when she was a preteen. So no wonder, you know, I'm like looking at that life and I'm like, oh, no wonder. Like, so when we would talk on the phone, it's not like she would ever really have much life to tell me about. She saw her life in the way that I started to see mine when I got sober. Is that like, oh, I don't remember anything. It's all kind of just like blurry disappointment. Yeah. So we would talk about basically what I was going through that was like what I was ruining. Like I'm ruining this relate, like my college relationship. I was just so blown out of my mind that I would like, you know, I'm pushing this person away. I'm doing these things that are destroying my relationship and da 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 and like Mm -hmm. who knows better than the woman who's still who's still doing that right still (laughs) doing that and did that to three daughters who did it to my dad who and she never changed her last name after she married my dad and she's kept the piece of paper he wrote his phone number on like she was still so miserably in love with my dad for her whole life like yeah never got over him and never got over the moment right before she fucked it up and, like, that moment is probably what drank her to the grave was, like, I had happy, you know, like, I had two kids and a house on the Delaware and antique, you know, antique couches. And they would go, like, um, restore old things and build tables and the actual dream. And her whole, she threw herself into the pit and then got mad that she couldn't get out of it. So yeah. stayed down there, if that makes sense. Her? Yeah. Situation of your mom. Like, yeah, I'm just curious. My sister Carly is old. So Carly's the older sister, and she's the one that I said protected me in that bedroom. So she's like, I remember. You don't remember. I remember. And I'm like, bitch, I remember. (laughs) But she's, I mean, she's my big sister, and she gets sad now. She'll text me now and say, I miss mom. And I don't ever feel like I miss her. I feel sad and disappointed and I pit it like there's big waves of sadness for her. My sister genuinely misses her. I think that they probably had a greater connection than my mom and I had. My dad and I are, we're two peas in a pod, best friends forever. My person for life. Yeah. My sister doesn't, she's like, I'm the weird one, you know, in comparison. So I think that maybe her and my mom were tighter because they might've fit better anyway. They yeah. might've been those those kind of friends. So I know that she's missing her. And my little sister, Elise, is 
like I said, she graduated from college, but she was 18 when my mom died, just going off to school. I was 18 when I forgave my mom. So I was like, oh, you never got the chance to go through. Actually, you didn't get to chit chat with her. And we'll talk via text, but like I was looking through her Instagram this morning and she's 21 and into beer and you know, we have the same face sort of. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm like kind of a voyeur in that, but able to text each other and I'll send her, you know, when I was finding the names online, I was like, did you know that mom's mom's great uncle was named this? You know, she's like, she's interested, but she's also like very shitty, like shitty mad. Yeah. Which I don't, I was shitty mad until I got the chance to be like, I forgive you. This is my choice. Yeah. Yeah. She never got to do that. So I'm hoping that in her life, it doesn't totally disrupt. Like you can't stay mad forever. not being around and being the frustration at a certain point was just me wasting my time like because my entire childhood was like when the fuck are you going to show up right when someone just doesn't show up ever you kind of are like okay you're good for the phone calls you're good for the birthday boxes like you're i don't know i don't know what you're good for (laughs) yeah that's how i felt for so long was just like what's the point of you and i had this stepmom who was like lovely and taught me about eggplant And like, you know, like, you know, just really loved me and never, ever, ever, never made me feel lesser for not being her kid. So for 10 years, I had this parent and like her and my dad's breakup is like, that's a different podcast. Yeah. (laughs) But for the formative years of my life where my mom was gone, somebody else came in and held my hand. And it was this woman who was strong and brave and like totally tough and started her own business and like... I feel so lucky that Gail came in when she did because she said that I used to just hold on to her so tight that, you know, like, because you're going to go away. And it's like, I still think about Gail in that way. Like, I'm clinging on to her like a little, <laughs> like a koala because it's like, you showed up and you didn't yeah. go away. You you liked me. And that's like such a little kid way of thinking it. But that's the way that I thought about it all my life. It's like, one didn't like me enough. The other one came in and liked me a whole bunch. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have like, supplementary moms like my aunt diane is my godmother and when i graduated from college and my dad left or when i graduated from high school my dad left north carolina he stayed until i finished and it was horrible because the divorce and all of this stuff but Mm -hmm. the her home became my home in new jersey and that's who i text this morning and say you know like it thanks for making me one of your kids thanks for picking me up when gail you know thanks for handing me off (laughs) like there's been all these handoffs from woman to woman of people taking care of me in my life and my mom was just never one of them. It's cold out here, mama Yes, it's starting to snow I don't know, I still get pissed off. I was driving through New York. I was in upstate New York and I passed a sign for Buffalo and I've never been to Buffalo, New York. And I just passed a sign. Mm -hmm. I was like emotionally like fucked up. (laughs) Like sobbing in the car this morning. I like know that my mom likes Vivaldi's The Four Seasons and I like have the tape and I was like, I'll put that on for her this morning. Like, I don't know why the ceremonial stuff like that kind of gets to me, Mm -hmm. but it does. I just hope that like somewhere, like maybe she's, 
that peace now. Like maybe if I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to like not be like all weepy about it, but like I don't believe in God or heaven or hell, but like if anyone deserves like a private moment of like eternal quiet, it's yeah. someone that didn't have it for themselves in their life. In their whole life. Somebody that didn't even get the chance to like love their own kids properly. Can't you see the tears froze to my nose? When she called me and told me she had cancer, I just graduated from college and I moved across the country. I moved from Athens, Ohio to Olympia, Washington. Mm -hmm. And I was like in the basement of this church and working at this record company. My mom called me and was like, I have cancer. And so I was like, okay. And I went home and took pictures of myself in the mirror, like with my shirt off, just to be like, this is what today looks like. Like you're like 21 years old. Like, okay, your mom has cancer. You're not, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like, took these pictures of myself and like did that ceremonial thing. And then yeah. immediately like tried to book a flight and I was so poor and my my boss was like, if my mom had cancer, I would I would want to go. So she paid for it. Mariella Luz. I'm, eternally grateful That's so nice she just saw that i was so upset and was like i have 300 extra bucks go and so i went yeah. down to florida and i booked i like went to my mom's house and the bank was foreclosing on her house and she couldn't work because of the cancer and i i don't know if her health insurance was being whatever at the time but like she it was so miserable for me being there like feigning this love and comfort yeah feigning this care and she was so nervous to make me happy that it was all, I mean, she couldn't even finish a yogurt and she's like, I'll have a glass of wine with you. And it's like, why are you buying me cigarettes when you're dying from cancer? Stop trying to make me happy. Yeah. I don't like be my parent for fuck's sake. Like yeah. it's your one chance to like come through and like parent me. And I was so mad that it, I, it felt like I was struggling to like, connect with an aunt I had never met and it was my mom and she was on this breathing machine in her living room and like all of the I, I just remember waking up at like seven o'clock in the morning and like drinking a glass of wine in my mom's house and just being like this is so fucked up yeah. why am I here why did I choose two weeks worth of time I was being like ornery and irate with her by the end of it and like ready to go on the third day. And that was at the beginning of the cancer. And then two years later, my sister and I, if this, if anything will express who my sister Carly is as a person, I didn't want to go. And my yeah. mom was like, it was it. And my sister was like, we have to go. I'll go with you. My uncle bought us a hotel room so I wouldn't have to stay with my mom. Like yeah. the house, her house had been foreclosed by the bank at this point. She was living with a friend and my sister's like, we're going. We get to the hotel room. My mom's on the phone with me, guilt tripping me. And my sister takes the phone and she goes, you don't get to make her cry anymore. And I was like, holy shit. That's right, Carly. Yeah, I was yeah. like, you go, Carly. But she had never done anything like that in front of me, maybe since I was a kid. We go to like see my mom, and she's like all fucked up and on morphine. And she's smoking cigarettes in front of me, dying from cancer with no hair. And I'm like looking at her, she's like, I'm at least going to smoke a cigarette. Da, 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 da. I'm like, okay, like, whatever. And the person that she's staying with starts saying the N-word. And we're all white people. And it's like... I am visibly upset. Like, looking at this woman named Barb, who I don't know. Like, what? 
And then looking at my mom, like, this is the kind of, this is your life then. This is like, you tolerate this. I bet you say that. And I was just so fucking mad that I like walked to the front of the driveway and my sister like walked up front. She was like, we can go now and we never have to come back. And we left. That was in, I don't know when that was, but she died in May Mm -hmm. and I didn't talk to her from the time that we left until that May. And I I skipped, my birthday's in March, so it must've been beginning of March, but I didn't answer the phone on my birthday when she called. I just never answered again Mm -hmm. because like, I was so shocked, and I don't know why I was shocked. And I asked her too when we were sitting, and she was like trying to drink that glass of wine when she like first got the cancer, and in this kitchen, we're going through her mom's jewelry together. And she was like, you know, when you have kids, they say that there's that immediate feeling, and you just know, and it's your whole life, and it's here's why you're on earth. And she was like, I never had that. And it's like... Wow, thanks, Mom. And I looked at her and I was like, I know. People that didn't birth me loved me more than you, visibly. Like, and, and saying things to me like, you know, don't tell your sisters, but you, were, you are totally my favorite. You're the one I love the most. And I'm like, like, what do you do with that? And why do you love me the most? You don't love... You don't... I just remember being like you don't know me like you know perpetually 14 yeah. you don't know me you're not my real mom and it's like fuck you are my real mom <laughs> like, yeah but saying but things also, like yeah you don't know me right yeah saying things like that where it's like how am I supposed to you know meet and love my sister Elise as equals and peers when it's like oh yeah mom told me she loved me more by the way like what I've never had an example of like, how should a woman be? How do I carry myself and like relationships and until the one that I'm in now and it took until I was 25 to get sober and to be a good partner and to not cheat and to not lie and to not get so scared. When I asked my dad, I was like over Thanksgiving asking him like, what was she like? Like, did she have mental illness? Like, I need to know if she was bipolar because I think my maternal grandmother was bipolar and my mom had some some tendencies that I don't know were alcohol or if she, if she was... Right, was she self-medicating? Right, like, and like, yeah. like, because there are some... That happens in your 20s and I'm like, okay, I've got to know who I am. I've got to know my, I've got to know my blood. And, and he was trying to explain her to me and the, what he was saying was like this scared person mm-hmm. and I was seeing myself... I was like, oh, that was me. That was how I was self-medicating. That was me in all of my relationships. Mm-hmm. I have a, my boyfriend through all of college used to look at me and just say, why are you so scared of everything? Too scared to be close to him. Too scared to go outside. Too scared to not cheat. Too scared to not drink. Too scared to not be stoned starting at 7 o'clock in the morning. Like, yeah. Just too fucking scared. And now I'm still scared, but I'm like, at least I'm, at least I'm sober. Like, I have this one thing that she didn't have. Like... And that's, oh, I've never said that out loud. But it is, it is this one thing that, like, at least I have that. You know, 
Allie and I talked for over an hour, and I've been thinking about our conversation ever since. That's true of every guest, really. Each conversation makes me think about my own family relationships and what they've meant. If that's happening for you too, drop me a line at amy at tmaimpod.com. That's A-M-Y at T-M-A-Y-M-P-O-D dot com. I'd really love to hear your thoughts. Tell Me About Your Mother is produced by me, Amy Westervelt. Our music is composed by the super talented Mr. B. Beeman. You can check out more of his music at bbeeman.com. That's B-H-I-B-H-I-M-A-N.com. You can also view the original illustrations for each episode and for the podcast in general on our website at teammainpod.com. Those are all by Mr. James Guthman. You can also follow him on Instagram at James Guthman Art. You can connect with us on Twitter at About Your Ma and Instagram at Teamain Podcast. We're also on Facebook at Tell Me About Your Mother. Podcast. The podcast is available via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. If you could take a moment to give us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts, I'd really appreciate it. And don't forget to check out all the great work Allie is doing at Teen Vogue. That's it for this time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Mm-hmm.